Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm Cam. I'm David. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. Hey, Boo. How are hey. you today? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm doing well. I'm feeling airy and light because I ate the cheese it puffs my girl, my boo gave me. I'm so happy you like them. Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed them. And they're actually as advertised because on the on the bag, it says cheesy, airy, and puffy. <laughs> right? And you're like, I feel just like that. <laughs> Yeah, that you know, I I may not look like that. Well, I, I may look puffy, uh, not airy, and not cheesy either. <laughs> yeah, you're, a, I, you're I saw, a cool cat. Thank you, but you know, um, sometimes some people in my life would argue with that. They'd be like, you know, what you just said is cheesy, bordering into dad joke territory, and that makes my heart cringe. Yeah. I don't want to do dad jokes. <laughs> well, I bought you the cheese it. Airy, snack. I don't even. What's the name of it? Cheese, cheese, airy puffs. Or? No, it's just cheese it puffed, like puffed. the apostrophe d puffed. <laughs> well, because you're always bringing me goodies all the time, whether it's 85 degree or cute little Asian snacks, and I'm like, I'm gonna get these for my boo. Oh, thank so, you. Boy. I had to hook you up. I'm so happy you like them. Well, when I I bought them to your office, mm-hmm. and so like people were looking at me. They're like, she only bought this one bag, and I'm like looking at them like, yes. I just bought this one bag. <laughs> it's not for all y'all, it's just for me. <laughs> it's for my boo, thank you. You don't know the hard work we go through. So. But you know, they do remind me of like, well, actually, I guess they're equatable for some people. The, was it, what are the Cheetos cheese puffs? Mm-hmm. But they're even airier than those. Oh, okay. And then... They also remind me of a lot of Asian corn snacks, which are light and airy. And they, as soon as you put them in your mouth, they melt. So it's like, did I even put any snacks in my mouth? (laughs) Wait, so the calories have to be low though, I would hope, because I'm like, I am not eating air. And then... (laughs) Well, that's why it's dangerous because you could eat this whole bag and probably not even feel it. You're like, I just ate some cheese air. (laughs) uh, No, the calories are not friendly. It's 450 for the whole package. No. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to think about fat, 27 grams for the whole package. That's so, a lot. That's a meal. Yeah. And people are thinking like a whole big, big old bag of chips. No, I'm talking about like that. How many ounces is this? This is like a, a three ounce bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so if you wanted to eat two of those, you're looking at 900 calories. It's not worth it. Just go get you a burger or but something. I know that's true, but they delicious though. So. <laughs> well, I'm so happy you enjoyed them. <laughs> Well, because so Boo, you know, I went to Las Vegas recently mm-hmm. and I went to Best Friends or Roy Choi's Best Friends. And it's a restaurant inside Park MGM. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been there, it's like chaos when you walk into that restaurant because it's just stuff, all like random things. Like you have the Korean snacks and then you see macaroni and cheese boxes, you see <laughs> ketchup bottles and it's like a bar set up and then they have seating in the middle and then they have like a lunch counter, which is actual seating if you want to sit there. But then you walk behind like some weird curtain and it goes into the restaurant part. So the setup is really weird, but it was, they were booked. They were fully booked that night. So me and my friends, we could not get a table and this was a Thursday night. So the reason why we were going to Vegas, let me back up. We went to Vegas to see Usher. That was the whole point of us going to Vegas. Uh, We went Thursday to Saturday. Our Usher concert was on a Friday. But when we got there, we were like super hungry. And we were staying at Park MGM because the Usher concert is at Dolby Theater Live, which is connected Mm, to Park MGM. So we were tired and um, we were like, you know, let's just stay in the hotel for food. So we decided on Roy Choi's Best Friends. The lady asked us if we had a reservation. No, we don't have a reservation. So she said, oh, well, it's open seating in this area. The bar was filled and then the tables in front of the bar were filled, but the lunch counter was open, right? Uh-huh. So me, my sister, and my friend, Michelle, hey girl, shout out. <laughs> we sit at this lunch counter. 
the problem with us sitting at the lunch counter, tell me why like three people asked us for things. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, can we get straws, please? Can we get forks, please? And we're like, we don't work here. I was like, I know you didn't look like servers. We did not look like servers. And so the the hostess, they had on red Adidas tracksuits and the servers had on black best friend shirts. So it was a black shirt and had best friends in yellow with uh -huh. like a yellow heart. And so for the life of us, we were like, why do people keep coming and asking us for things? And they see us eating food. And that's another thing. That's sitting, insane. Sitting at this lunch counter, People walk by and they can see like clearly what you're eating and they can see clearly that you're not working there. So stop asking us to help you. <laughs> That's so, so rude. So that that was a different experience in itself, but we all decided um, on the $69 chef menu at Roy Choice. Okay. Which it's a great deal. It was so much food, but it's the best option if you want to taste multiple items mm -hmm. so it comes with banchans and so the banchan options were the housemade kimchi the pickled daikon marinated cucumbers which were my favorite i and do love those and then the cold spinach then it came with a koji taco and so that's like the korean short rib mm -hmm. and you have the lime and the radish that was delicious then you had your slippery shrimp now i'm so happy that I did not read what slippery shrimp was until today <laughs> because so the, the shrimp was good. Right. And I was looking at the menu and slippery shrimp boo. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's chili shrimp and like a spicy chili mayo. And you oh, know me, <laughs> me and mayo. However, this was blended in something. So psychologically, I didn't think didn't, I was eating, mm. but it was so much mayo. It was like doused. Was and it really? Yeah. Oh, and, and you still ate it? I still ate it because <laughs> I didn't know it was mayo. <laughs> you tasted the chili and the shrimp. So um, I was like, I'm happy. I didn't know then and there that I was eating so much mayo. And what's funny is when we got those items, the banchan, the koji taco, and the slippery shrimp, we're all thinking, oh, this is not $69 worth of food, but, you know, we're happy. It was good. Then shortly after, they bought out a bowl of kimchi fried rice mm. with a fried egg on top. Oh, yes. That's the way to do it. And then this big old platter of garlic chicken and kalbi. Mm. <laughs> and we're like, oh, my God, this is so much food. <laughs> there you go. I was like, Roy Choi can't do you dirty like that. He did not do us dirty. However, the waitress tried to come for us because when we said we wanted the chef menu, you know what she said, boo? Uh-oh, what'd she say? She said, it's not shareable. <laughs> and I'm like, what makes you think we want to share? <sighs> you know what? She's probably had so much experience because, you know, Vegas is full of tourists. And yeah. so they probably try to do these kinds of things all the time. Listen, it was three thick black girls. Uh, yeah, I was like, what makes you think we gonna share? <laughs> I want all my food, thank you. <laughs> well, and then shortly after our kimchi fried rice, garlic chicken and kalbi came out, then mango cheesecake came out. I was so full, I didn't even taste the mango cheesecake. I probably was gonna puke oh if, I, if I tried to taste it. So I got it to go. But I never tasted it. I ended up throwing it away because it oh. sat out in my hotel room for a long time. So. It was probably delicious. I know. But yeah, so Roy Choi's best friends, um, I recommend. Yeah, I'm going to have to check them out next time I go. I Because I, um, they opened after our, I've been there. So I haven't been able to experience it. Well, and then what's cool is inside the actual restaurant part, they mm. have a DJ. And the, the way it's, or, or not, organized but the way it's designed and the way the tables are seated it just gives a nice atmosphere and so mm -hmm. I can understand why they didn't have any tables available that night because for me I'm thinking it's Thursday how come they don't have any tables but yeah it, it was nice but so. Las Vegas dining culture is very different too because you get people from all over the world coming and throughout the whole entire week so hot restaurants could be booked all week long yeah so but I look forward to going back to Roy Choi's best friends and trying other things mm -hmm. because I saw some other things on the menu that looked really good. 
Um, well, make yourself a reservation so you don't sit at the counter where people are asking you for stuff. Get, like, get away from me. Get away from me, please. Stop breathing on my food. However, Roy Choi, if you're listening, I sold about five of your chef menus. Oh, <laughs> just by people watching, walk, looking by, looking at you walking by? Uh-huh. They were like, oh, what is, I was like, it's a chef menu and it's so good. You get all this. You get tacos, you get shrimp, you get the boncha. <laughs> So Roy Choi, oh, and then, okay, tell me this, boo, tell me why. When our server bought our receipt, she did not put the chef menu on my receipt and then on my friend's receipt. She only charged us for a $5 soda because we knew our total was more than $5. We did the right thing and said, we think our receipt's incorrect. Now, wouldn't you think she would like take off the soda because we were truthful with her? Yeah. Tell me why she did not. She did not even offer like a 10% discount or anything. And I'm like, I could have paid for this $5 soda and walked out after eating all your food. Um, well, you'll be rewarded in other ways, boo. I already have. I already mm -hmm. have. So, but, um, well, that was Thursday night, <laughs> Friday morning, <laughs> Friday morning, we ate again. <laughs> well, you know, that was Thursday night's a whole different beast from Friday morning. So. <laughs> we decided on um, Alexa's, which is a brunch spot right out of uh, Paris Hotel. So it's connected to Paris. It's right on the strip. Now, okay. Alexa's used to be called Hex. And I think you're familiar. Are you familiar with Hex? Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh huh. Well, they changed the name to Alexa's, which I'm like, okay. So they still have the, the triple X in the name. Okay. But just. And they still offer bottomless mimosas. That's what they're known for. And that's what we went there for. The highlight of the bottomless mimosa brunch. So we opted to sit on the patio because, you know, COVID's still a thing. And it was a beautiful day to sit on the patio, get some fresh air. You got the sunlight shining. And I'm sitting there and I happen to look up and two tables away from us. I was like, oh, that looks like that finger Sammy. You remember that song? I like the way you Okay, look see, at that's me. the thing. <laughs> so you're saying that's like in the 2000s, right? Like 20 years ago. And that's, <laughs> I remember young baby Sammy. And I know he don't look like that no more. He has dreadlocks. So um, how did you recognize him? Boo? By his dreadlocks. But also he's been in the news recently because I think his mother had a run-in with the law for like nice. shooting somebody or something. Oh, but anyway, oh. so... <laughs> But when I say, I think it's that finger Sammy, he goes, yeah, it's me. He heard you from two tables away. Boo, outside. And you had the noise <laughs> of the strip right out. He got his ears peeled to see if anyone recognized him. <laughs> and so I, after that, I was like, uh, well, I guess I have to like go over and take a picture of him now because he's like, it's me. So I went and I took a picture with Sam, but it was nostalgia, you know, because it was that whole like B2K era, yeah, you know, little boy singing, they love girls and all this stuff. So, <laughs> Well, you reminded me, Boo. Oh, did you finish? No, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. You reminded me the, uh, of my story of when I was just walking on Hollywood Boulevard. I was with a friend because they were doing the touristy thing. And I was like, that looks like Cisco. <laughs> And then he, he, he said, it's me. He, he heard me and he was like, it is me. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll take a picture with you, Cisco. Did you start singing the song song? <laughs> I didn't. But you know what's sad is people saw me and they heard me say it was Cisco and take a picture with me. But it's not like people rushed to go take a photo with him. Oh, well, you I was know. like, y'all, this is Cisco, the thong song. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Look at us always meeting celebrities. Hey, but, you know, they we attract them. We do. We do. Um, and then our server at Alexa's, he looked like Marky Mark. <laughs> and I said, do you ever get that? Mark Wahlberg. Like I know from back okay. in the day, right? Right. It's like Marky Mark from back in the day when he was with the Funky Bunch or like current Mark Wahlberg. Current Mark Wahlberg. Oh, so he looked older. Well, older, but still like nice looking. Cause I okay. think Mark Wahlberg is a nice looking guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's like, no, I get that a lot. He's like, but I wouldn't be here serving if I was Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> well, he should be a stunt <laughs> double then. So he was super cool. So I, I enjoyed my time at Alexa's. So we got the bottomless mimosas and 
I got a chicken sandwich and it was just a nice time, a nice vibe. So, and then Sammy was there. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it's me. He should but, just, he should wear a t-shirt. It's me, Sammy. It's, it's me. You know me. <laughs> but um, Usher concert, I recommend yes. 10 out of 10. The only, the only concern I have about the Usher concert, boo, uh-huh. it started at 9 p.m. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know how you are about these shows. Late start times. Not only that, but like when you had like bottomless mimosas earlier that day, <laughs> And you're walking on the strip. You're just exhausted. You're tired. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, if I did not spend money on this ticket, I would just probably take a shower and put my pajamas <laughs> on. I thought about it. I thought about it. So I, you, I'm like, Usher almost lost to you having mimosas <laughs> earlier in the day. Look, listen, I'm old. Older. <laughs> I ain't no spring chicken anymore. <laughs> Well, you know, Usher would have been, that's cool with me. I still got your ticket money. Okay. (laughs) And my gosh, Usher did such a great job because, you know, he does his little thing on the skates and he's dancing and he's Uh doing all his dance moves. And you don't realize someone's catalog until they sing hit after hit after Mm -hmm. hit after hit. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot Usher has these many hits. No, he was the man back in the day, those early 2000s, mid 2000s. Now the the show is not kid friendly, and I don't even think um, I wouldn't expect it to be with Ursher. Ursher, Ursher, baby. <laughs> well, and I mean I can appreciate it. Ursher's from Atlanta. He does it for the culture. He has this whole set where it's like a, a stripper stage uh-huh. comes down from the ceiling, poles everywhere. He has these strippers. He has like this one stripper who's like the highlight. She's super thick, but she's. You can tell she doesn't have work done because there's like dimples all over her butt and her thighs. But I mean, that's real, right? Yeah. But this girl was dancing so hard. Like she did this dance move where like she like banged herself on the ground. I was like, did she hurt her poo-poo? <laughs> <laughs> she kept doing it. And I was like, dang, that's talent. Yeah. <laughs> She trained for this moment. I, I guess she did. But yeah, he had pole dancers and skating and he did his thing where he lifted up his shirt and he was all chiseled and his his mom was in the in the audience the night yeah. that we went. And he has this part where he he looks like he touches himself uh-huh. in the concert. I was like, I would not be comfortable doing that in front of my parents. Well, I mean, his mom is used to this by now. And with her third house that she bought him, he she don't care. <laughs> but go ahead and do it. Yeah, my baby makes me uh, happy with my new cars and jewelry. So, <laughs> and then there was a part too where he like fake pumped the the pole, the microphone pole. Uh-huh. I was just like, Usher, you're doing way too much in front of your mom. <laughs> well, but yeah, it's a little surprising that he would go that hard in front of moms. But you know, yeah. it's like it's not surprising going to an Usher show and knowing that's what's gonna happen. So. Yeah. But what what song using the terminology from back in the day got you real crunk? <laughs> Um, I would say it was hard to choose. Like, what was your jam or jams? You don't have to call. <laughs> hey, it's okay, girl, because I'm going to be all right tonight. That one was pretty good. Yeah. He's How did I so sound, many good ones. Did I sound good? I think you did your best, girl. <laughs> Why is that kind of shady? <laughs> It's okay. I still love you. <laughs> but, um, oh, and then Lovers and Friends. That was a good one. I was jamming to that one. And then Confessions. See, all, uh, all of his I songs are so good. It's hard. And you, you haven't even touched, like, the ones I love. Which, like, which are? Love in this club. Did he sing that? He did that one. That one was okay. on skates, I believe. <laughs> and then, like, uh, You Got It Bad. You got it, you got it yes. bad. Yes. Hey, when you're on the phone. Hang up in your car right back. Yeah, he did that one. <laughs> uh, you remind me. You remind me of. Yeah. Oh, and he did the exact dance moves. Like, hey. you know, when he does that flip. I don't yeah, like he still only, does it. Still does it. So, and I would like to take this time to apologize to my sister because she wanted to go to the after party. And the after party is held at On the Record Club. Uh-huh. We were so tired. I was like, I can't, I can't make it. Well, we already knew that you were gonna say no because you said you were already you you almost skipped Usher. Well, 
And on the record, um, Usher shows up to the after party. Oh. After performing for like two hours and 15 minutes. He, he puts you to shame, boo. He does. You just had mimosas. <laughs> I'm like, Usher, is it Red Bull? Is it cocaine? I don't know. <laughs> it might be like what is Sammy's it? looking for, that adulation from people. <laughs> Maybe. So he did show up. He did. And I just, I had to tell my sister, sorry. I was like, I am so sorry. So. It's my prayer that she meets Usher in an, at another time. <laughs> so well, does he show up and actually mingle with the people or does he sit in like this high position and overlook the people? So it's funny because a couple of months ago, I had two friends go see the Usher concert and they went to the after party. Mm-hmm. Usher comes in through like the regular entrance and he walks past you because they looked and they were like, hi, Usher. And he was like, hey, ladies. and then he walks to the dj booth and you think he's there but he kind of dips out so he's not there the whole time so he may spend i'm thinking like maybe 30 minutes 30 to 40 minutes and then he leaves i mean he did a full-on show exactly i'm surprised look he even showed up (laughs) so he he does show up to the after party and i think he stays at park mgm reason being when I checked out of the hotel, I asked the front desk agent, were they busy? You know, they have a lot of arrivals. And he said, we're not busy tonight because all of our arrivals usually come in Thursday and Friday. Uh-huh. He said, but Usher is in-house. And that's the term that hotels use if a star is staying, staying with there. in-house. And I said, oh, he's staying here. And he's like, well, um, his show is here. I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> So I think Usher is staying out. And it would make the most sense. I was going to say, that only makes logical sense. Yeah. So So, because once he's tired, makes appearance at the club, then he just goes up to his suite. And and sleeps all day until (laughs) the next time. Because he performs Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So if you had gone to the after party, you just said, Usher, sir, (laughs) (laughs) could you please give Sammy an opening slot on your tour, on on your show? He'll be like, who? Yeah. If that would be like me. <laughs> yes, that would be like me. He's over there in the corner. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. No disrespect, Sam. No, no. He was he was such a sweetheart. And the picture That's that good. we took came out very nice. So so yes, I had a extraordinary time in oh. Las Vegas. This is my my boozman. Uh, she set it up. She put the volley up for me to spike this now. Ali, you, Ali, you. Hey, we getting sport sports terms here. Yes, yeah, so, you know, some, we some we know a little thing about a little bit of some something. So, uh, but yeah. So what my boo is trying to help me segue into is a new girl group that I like. They've been around about a year now, but extraordinary girls, but they go by XG. So okay. that's that's why she said extraordinary. Thank hey, you, boo. You welcome. You know, I got you, boo. But see, like when they first came out, it was confusing. Because as a K-pop fan, I was like, "Oh, new K-pop group XG, like go and check them out." But everyone's like, "I don't think they're K-pop though, because all the members are Japanese." I'm like, "Well, then, yeah, that's there's like J-pop." <laughs> but then is J-pop a thing? Yeah, there's J-pop. Okay. But then, but they promote like a K-pop group in terms of the way they uh, put out albums and tours and dance videos and all these things that j-pop bands don't usually do that k-pop groups do that so i was trying to get a grasp of what is this girl group i don't understand and then their first couple singles came out and they were all in english not in korean not in japanese just english and i'm like i don't understand so like please help me so then they came out with a uh, a description that said XG Extraordinary Girls is a global girl group under oh. X yes under X Gal X their their company. Mm-hmm. So they want to try to be reach a global audience. So and the reason why people confuse them as being K-pop was because a lot of these girls trained under the K-pop system, mm-hmm. but they ended up forming a girl group with all Japanese members. Uh, and so, yeah, but they're all trained in the K-pop system. Yeah. Which is a, like, good nod to the K-pop system because they're like, well, we know that that system is going to work for us. So we're going to yeah. go ahead and, and do that. So uh, there's seven girls in the group and they're Jurin, Chisa, Kokona, Hinata, Maya, Juria, and Harvey. And Harvey's the exotic one that everybody 
biases right away because she's got the distinctive rap voice, very high pitched. She's a rapper, but she sings really well too. But also because her looks are exotic because she's half Japanese, half Australian. Oh, okay. And um, I thought you were going to say half Japanese, half black. I was like, we need one of those though but there's was there's another girl group in k-pop there's like got a black african member in it mm-hmm. and she speaks korean so, okay represent yeah. girl yeah she is representing <laughs> xg <laughs> <laughs> they debuted on march 18 2022 with a song called tippy toes the newest single mm-hmm. is what i'm really into it's called left right and the reason why I love it is that it's my kind of jam because it's one of those early 2000s pop R&B songs like think TLC, 3LW, Black. Okay, okay. and I loved all those groups. Yeah, so and I love them too. So it's got that vibe. And so that's I've been listening to Left, Right, Nonstop. I think, Boo, if you heard it, you would love it. Does it have like a don't go chase waterfall, <laughs> like that kind of vibe to it? Or it's a little more up tempo than that. Play. that yeah, it's, it's kind of got and that kind of vibe to it. It's got an it's got a no scrubs vibe to it. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, like a black eight oh eight. Like an eight oh eight. You trying to flex them vocals on me? You like listen? You ain't the only one. <laughs> You know, you know, we try to do our thing. We sang, so <laughs> we can we sang. Um, but the other thing that caught people's attention about XG is that the four of the rappers in the group, well, the four rappers, they did a cipher, and it's gone really? kind of viral. Yeah, and okay. so they, you know, Coconut did um, her beat that she used was from JID, um, which. Uh, his song Surround Sound, which featured 21 Savage and Baby Tate. And then Maya, her cipher was to Dreamville's Down Bad, which also featured J.I.D., J. Cole, other people. And then Harvey, she used Ty Dolla Sign's track, I Won. Mm-hmm. And then Juran, their other rapper, used Rosalia's, um, the Latina singer's uh, track. So people are vibing to their rap style because they these girls can actually rap rap. Okay, they got skills. Mm-hmm. They got skills. Well, I mean, we did just celebrate International Women's Day. Well, so we did, yeah. They're, they're representing. I don't know if you saw my shirt, boo, but I have um, Stacey Abrams' t-shirt on. Oh, oh yeah, you do. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give her a shout out because it's International Women's Week. <laughs> <laughs> so women get a week. They get they, <laughs> they need a year. They do. All year long. <laughs> So yeah, so um, I would uh, encourage people to listen to XG, uh, especially if K-pop or foreign language songs are intimidating to you because all their songs so far are in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's cool about their ciphers is they're trilingual, so they'll go in and out of English, Korean, and Japanese in the cipher. That's skill right there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I did hear all of those three languages spoken on my trip to San Francisco. Yeah, you will. You will. You will hear those there. So um, I know we talked about this in our previous recording that our schedules have not been aligning and it's because I've been traveling a lot uh-huh. and we, I like this, you know, who I have a travel thing. I have a travel bug and sometimes I won't go anywhere for a while and then a month will come and it's just like, you're going all these places in one month. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, well, remember your summer of 2019 where you almost died going to Europe and uh, New Orleans and <laughs> Vegas and Thailand. Thailand. <laughs> so, yes, I, I'm kind of having that moment, even though it's not international, just a couple of um, U.S. locations. Recently traveled to San Francisco and I flew out of the San Bernardino airport. Okay, see. <laughs> I've been curious about that. I've been seeing advertisements for these inexpensive flights from San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. And they're really, they almost sound too good to be true. So what was your experience, Boo? It was, overall, it was good. It could have been catastrophic. And I will let you know why. It could have been catastrophic. But the reason why I flew out of San Bernardino Airport using Breeze Airways. So I have a friend who works at Yamava. And at Yamava, they do quarterly meetings. And in these quarterly meetings, they raffle off different prizes for their staff. 
Well, my friend won a raffle of Breeze Airways round trip tickets to San Francisco. Okay. And because I have a hookup on hotels, I was invited to go to San Francisco because <laughs> it was like, well, I got free airfare. You got the hotel here. Cook up. Let's go. Cool. We fly Breeze Airways and I'm going through TSA like normal, you know, have my backpack there, go through. And then the TSA, he asked me, he's like, ma'am, do you have something in your bag? And I said, no. And he looked at me, he's like, are you sure? <laughs> and I was like, um, uh, yeah, I don't think I do. And then he looks at me, he says, ma'am, you have a taser. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know you have a taser in your bag. <laughs> So, and I had to explain to him, I said, I am so sorry. I walk my neighborhood, a single female walking their neighborhood. It's dangerous. It's even dangerous for males. You don't even know, you know, a dog could attack you. Someone could attack you. So yes, I walk with a taser. Well, that morning, because I was rushing, I took my fanny pack and put it in my backpack, forgetting that my taser was in my fanny pack. But you know, what's interesting, boo. Hmm. I saw my lipstick knife in my backpack. I took the lipstick knife out, <laughs> but I still had the taser. People are like, Cam, are, are you an educator or an assassin? What's going on? You know, you know, I got a lot of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am, TSA is asking me these questions and two cops show up. Oh my gosh. Then they asked for my ID. I have to let them know, like, this is why I have the taser. Um, you're more than welcome. Here's my ID. I can take it back to my car. Like, I'm being real cooperative with them. At the same time, my friend is off to the side filming because you know how the police are <laughs> yeah. with Black people. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. It was super, they were super cool, though, because they did let me leave the airport, put the taser back into my car come back, run my backpack again. This time they checked my backpack and told me that they had to check the hand warmers that I had in my backpack because bomb residue could be on them. Oh my gosh. The only thing that I'm concerned about, so they took a picture of my ID. So my face is somewhere in their database. <laughs> <laughs> but then when we got to our gate, right? The TSA director or whoever she was, she came and she's like, oh, we forgot to give you this letter. And so the letter that I received is the prohibited item notification, right? And uh -huh. I'm just going to read a little bit of it because okay. it's kind of like nice, nasty. It's almost threatening. <laughs> so why am I receiving this notification? You are receiving this notification because during transportation security administration screening procedures, a prohibited item was discovered on your person or in your accessible property. For your safety and the safety of others, TSA regulations prohibit certain items in the sterile area or on board an aircraft. And then it says I can go to their website for a list of you know, what you uh -huh. can't bring on. And it says what happens next. When TSA discovers certain prohibited items, such as firearms or knives, which I did not have, mm -hmm. TSA conducts a formal investigation. At the conclusion of the investigation, TSA may send you information on its findings and any potential next steps. So I'm scared because I'm like, are you still investigating me? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And then they could send me a ticket in the mail. I haven't received anything yet. And I've been checking my mail like a crazy oh person. Gosh. Yeah. They got you on edge for a while now. They do. And so I'm like, I fly a lot. And I truly believe, Boo, that pretty soon we're going to have to be flying a lot too. <laughs> and I, I can't afford it. I can't afford to be in the no-fly list. I know. You cannot. <laughs> Especially since how much you love to travel. I know. So um, I did make it to San Francisco for free on Breeze Airways. <laughs> After all that. After all that. Stayed at the JW Marriott Union Square, which is a really nice hotel luxury hotel right in union square um right in the city so if you like that city san francisco feel with the cable mm. cars and all that it's a good location this hotel is the best hotel i've stayed at because their resort fee is 25 dollars a day but you get a lot of stuff for oh, the 25 good. you get food and beverage credit 25 dollars worth you get wine tasting daily 
two one-way cable car tickets, a tote bag, and then you get um, a free snack every day. That's wow. that's worth that it. Is, was, yeah, twenty-five dollars. Yeah, I was like, take my take my twenty-five dollars. So, um, I will say I did eat at a couple places because you know your booze always eating. <laughs> We're always. We, I know we always eat. <laughs> um, to to kind of hurry this up, I'll only highlight one of the restaurants that I went to. The food was subpar, but it was also a jazz lounge, and we paid the. 15 extra dollars to sit like right in front of a live jazz band mm-hmm. and that just really created a nice atmosphere it was Zangari Restaurante and Jazz Lounge right across from JW Marriott I ordered the fettuccine alla Zangare which is fettuccine prawns seared scallops it was seasoned <laughs> to perfection white wine smoked tomato lemon caper and calabrian chili mm-hmm. it was so good it was delicious. That's all those ingredients combined sound yes. delicious. Um, yeah, so my experience in San Francisco overall was good. I know you've been to SF many times, too. So. <laughs> but um, did the whole, you know, Fisherman's Wharf, went to Ghirardelli Square, walked around, rode the cable car. I did not do the typical hang out the cable car and take a selfie. I wouldn't do that either. I, know I would not be doing that either. So. Like, I ain't trying to fall and break my neck. <laughs> So, yeah. Like uh, the, um, you, you left more than your heart in San Francisco <laughs> if you your, fall out of that thing. Your life. You left your <laughs> life. I will say, though, um, you know, in the Fisherman's Wharf area, they have that candy shop called Sugar. I'm pretty I've, sure. You yes, see I've it. seen it. The lady at Sugar probably thought I was crazy because they had Reese's dipped animal crackers. Uh-huh. And I bought like 10 bags. <laughs> Are they delicious? They're good. Well, so I wanted to get magnets for people, but did you know magnets are five ninety nine? They're expensive. <laughs> they were no, I no, I I looked too, and I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, not for a magnet. And so I said, people are getting bags of a uh, Reese's peanut butter <laughs> animal cracker. They're good. They're really good. So um, I had not seen those before. That was my first time seeing them, and so yeah. If, yeah. If when you, I- when I think of dipped animal crackers, I think of those funfetti looking ones with the white chocolate and the mm-hmm, little sprinkles. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, if you see them, I recommend 10 okay. out of 10. Yes. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I've I've been on my travel. I've been in my travel bag. Well, since I haven't been traveling, I've been, you know, staying out local, watching movies. But now we're leading up to this weekend as of this recording to the... Um, Academy Awards or Oscars, as people like to call them. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the 95th anniversary of the Oscars. And um, I thought I would talk about some of the main categories and who the potential winners will be. Mm-hmm. And then after the Oscars happens and we record again, we can see how correct I was. <laughs> Which I know you watch a lot of TV and film, boo. So mm-hmm. I, you're probably going to be very accurate. <laughs> well, you know, in the past, it was more suspenseful because the Oscars was the main show that everybody watched, but then all of a sudden they started televising and releasing the um, the winners for all these other awards shows leading up to the Oscars, like the Directors Guild, Screen Actors Guild, mm-hmm. you know, Golden Globes. So it kind of takes away all the suspense leading into the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the Oscars pulls a fast one where they're kind of like, well, everybody knows this person's gonna win, so I'm gonna vote for somebody else. And so somebody else ends up winning. I don't like that either. Yeah. So I, I, kinda... I mean, for the actor or actress, they think that they have really good chances of winning. And all of a sudden, like the rug is pulled from underneath them. Yeah. Quickly. It's kind of cruel. Mm. So, but uh, speaking of the best, oh, we're only going to do five categories. So, first one is actor in a leading role. Okay. And our nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell, The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Paul Meskel for After Sun and Bill Nye um, living. Bill Nye, the science guy? No, no, just <laughs> he, he, <laughs> that's what it sounds like, but no, not not that Bill Nye. I know. I was messing with you. But no, that's what people people think that when they hear that name. Well, uh, so, uh, wait, a little a little sidetrack. Did you see Bill Nye the Science Guy walking in New York Fashion Week? I did see that. I he did. looked really good. I was like, I'm happy to see him like strutting his stuff. He pops up on a lot of things. He played the dad of a character in the show that I watched a couple of seasons ago. So yeah, 
he's more than just a scientist. He, yeah, Jack he's of a, all trades. Yeah, he's he's a multimedia person. Hey. So, but in terms of the nominees and who's gonna win, I think, you know, it's it's a. It's different, but Austin Butler's been winning a lot of the awards, other award shows. But I think everyone agrees this is Brendan Fraser's award for the whale mm -hmm. because the Oscars loves people who transform their bodies, and Brendan Fraser gained so much weight for this role. Yeah, it wasn't I? I always thought it was like a fat suit. No, he. It's his actual body. Wow. So, um, yeah, and then I I think the story rela relates to some personal trauma that he's had in his mm -hmm. life. So all those factors, plus given that he's in his fifties and Austin's I think thirty one or something like that, they'll probably give it to Brendan. Mm -hmm. um, and then is, is that age discrimination? You know, I'm just mad. we we are no that's the thing we already know the Oscars have been discriminating against POCs anyway for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so what is age discrimination then? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, a lot of times it's also based on who is people's timing, right? They feel like when is Brendan going to get nominated again? Maybe since uh, Austin's young, he has a couple more chances. So we'll see. But I think Brendan will probably win. And I actually want to see the whale. I haven't seen the whale, but it looks like it's emotionally draining. <laughs> You're like, I'm not, I don't have time for that. At least not right now. Yeah, we have to get in the mood for that. Yeah. Um, actor in a supporting role, we have Brendan Gleeson from The Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch, The Fablemans, Barry Keegan from The Banshees of Inisherin, and Kihi Kwan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. So the undeniable winner for this category seems like it's going to be Kei Kwan for everything everywhere. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's anything that's going to upset him in winning this category. Uh, so, and he's given great speeches at all the other award shows that he's won. And so I think he's got this one pretty much locked. Um, actress in a leading role. This is a hard one. Mm -hmm. We've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde, uh, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And I only say it's hard because it's a, to me, I think it's a two-woman race. It's okay. either Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yeoh. But I think Michelle Yeoh has the edge on this one. And because um, the movie has gained a lot more momentum in the, from when it started in award season. I think now it's been winning a lot of awards towards the end. Mm -hmm. And so, and plus, you know, this actually, here's a little tidbit too. If Michelle Yeoh wins, it would be um, the first woman of color to win in this category since Halle Berry won over 20 years ago. Oscars do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, and if she has the stronger performance though. Yeah, I believe she does. Yeah. So. Well, well, that's hard. No, no, because Kate Lynch is really good in Tar too. So, mm -hmm. so that's why it's like performance-wise. I, th I think I was reading an article. Performance-wise, they're equal. So it just comes down to who has the momentum going into this, and it seems like Michelle does. So, plus, you know, hopefully the Oscars does the right thing and gets another POC a winner in there. So. Well, we don't want hashtag Oscar so white. <laughs> we <laughs> don't been, want that again. That's been that's been their whole history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actress in a supporting role, we got. Um, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda. Hey forever. Auntie. Hey Auntie. auntie. <laughs> yeah, Angela Bassett, do your thing. <laughs> uh, Hong Chow for the Whale. Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Inishiran. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And you know, Angela Bassett had all the momentum going into this award season because she's won most of the awards coming up to the Oscars. Mm -hmm. However, lately things have kind of shifted where now it's kind of iffy if she'll be a lock for this. So because mm -hmm. Carrie Condon won the BAFTAs, which is the British Oscars for the Banshees of Inisherin, And she's got a lot of momentum going in because some of the other Guild Awards have not uh, honored her as well. So, and then Jamie Lee Curtis is a Dark Horse winner because she won the SAG Awards, which is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And so it's hard to tell who's going to win this category, but I would love for Angela to do her thing and win. Me too. And that's who I'm hoping will win, but I feel like Carrie Condon's going to win this for the Banshees of Inisherin. 
And, you know, and she was great in the movie. I loved her in the movie, but please, Angela Bassett, do your thing. <laughs> do your thing, auntie. Well, and I do like Jamie Lee Curtis, too. I haven't seen any of these movies, but I wouldn't be mad if Jamie Lee Curtis won. I wouldn't either. She's done a lot in the film industry. So it would like, be, it'd be nice to see her win, too. Uh, and then lastly, we have Best Picture. And I love the fact that they expanded Best Picture to 10 nominees from, you know, just a few years ago from when they used to just do five. Mm-hmm. Gives a lot more movies a chance. However, Oscars, stop picking these movies that no one has freaking seen. <laughs> You're like, what is that? Did it go straight to streaming? That's what it's like, <laughs> you never hear about these movies until Oscar season. You're like, what is that? You know, and I'm a film buff too, but I don't have time to watch everything under the sun. No, we got job jobs. <laughs> and you know, some of these movies I can agree with, and others I'm like, what the heck? And if Oscars really want to pr- improve their ratings, not that they should be forced to, but put more commercial films in that deserve an Oscar consideration, you know, mm-hmm. ones that people have actually seen. <laughs> so do you think maybe something fishy going on, like somebody's paying somebody to make that list? Well, there's always been a thing behind Hollywood or putting advertisements out in the, you know, the variety magazine and and campaigning within studios. So you never know what happens behind the scenes per se, Mm -hmm. or people legitimately feel like, but see, it's it's the film industry, such a small industry for ever for them to decide these are the 10 best films, but the rest of the the world and the American public is like, what in the world? (laughs) For real. They did throw a few bones this year into air into the uh, Best Picture nominations, but we have All Quiet on the Western Front, which is actually a foreign language film, and it's a war movie, and it's very gruesomely shows how war can be so terrible for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Mentally, physically, yeah, emotionally. And, just, and people getting blown up left and right. So. Mm. <laughs> um, Avatar, The Way of Water, and that's definitely in there because of this big commercial success. You know, and it's James Cameron. Uh, the Banshees of Venus Sheeran, you know, that movie again. Uh, Elvis, which is a big spectacle. I loved I loved that movie more than I thought I would. I really enjoyed it. Everything Everywhere All at Once, nominated as well. The Fablemans, um, which is basically a story about Steven Spielberg's life. Um, Tar. Then here's the other big commercial success, Top Gun Maverick which uh, was also a critical success. So I'm mm-hmm. glad it was nominated and got some some of its due because it it's also a film credited for saving the box office industry in the way that Tom Cruise is so gung-ho about how films should be made and mm-hmm. and, um, and presented to the public. Um, and well, then- fun, tra- fun fact, I went to the Top Gun house. Oh I yeah, you, you, yeah you talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> the high pie, the Top Gun house. And yes, I- <laughs> I'm aware of the Top Gun movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a, you know, it's got history. Yeah. Uh, and then Triangle of Sadness, which is a movie probably a lot of people not heard, have heard of. And Women Talking. Well, funny enough, it's a movie about just women talking in a barn. Pretty, pretty, much, pretty much the whole movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I don't know, Boo, like, I know you haven't seen anything, but have you heard any um, contenders for this category? I have not. So you know me, Boo. I have not been to the movies uh-huh. since pre-pandemic. I, I'm out of touch with <laughs> what movies are in theaters. And I kind of follow like the Black actors and Black actors mm-hmm. movies just because. I well, mean, speaking of which, there's a bit of a snub in here because Black Panther's not nominated in this mm. category. Uh, they could have squeezed Black Panther in there. Well, at least Angela Bassett yeah. was nominated for Wakanda Forever. But uh-huh. um, so no, I I'm sorry, I cannot join this conversation <laughs> because I have not I haven't even seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And you know why I have not watched that yes, yet. Emotionally, yeah. I'm not ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> so well you know, to, to answer your question, I I don't see any snubs because i haven't seen any of these movies (laughs) well i think uh the momentum going into this weekend for the winner is going to be everything everywhere all at once uh they've been winning and cleaning house lately i think in the beginning of the season it looked like it was going to be either it it was looked like it was going to be the fablemans and potentially elvis but and then um but the dark horse contender is all quiet on the western front 
um, because it's gaining a lot of momentum as a foreign language film. Mm -hmm. So, but I think at the end of the day, everything, everywhere, all at once is going to be the winner. Well, I look forward to um, your debrief. So these are your <laughs> predictions, and then, then we'll have to talk about how accurate accurate you were, because I know you can be accurate. Like I said, you know your TV and film industry. <laughs> so, well, you know what's funny? You know how I just said that I have a feeling that we're going to be flying a lot this year? Yes. As we are reporting, an email pops up. And it says, congratulations, we are pleased to accept your proposal <laughs> for a conference in Boston. <laughs> hey, so you're going to Boston. Oh, we'll have to see. Well, I got a, I got some dates that I have to see if it works out with my schedule. Well, you know, the, you said that too. And I, I potentially might be going to either Portland or Baltimore. So. Well, we got to make sure we get our recording dates down packed around our traveling schedule. Of course, with the, the, otherwise, some of the boo-boos would be very upset if we don't record. Oh man, life well, is we were, we were, we were, we were. I, I hesitate to say threatened, but you know, we were urged to make sure these recordings come out. Well, and boo, you're the one who put pressure on us because you said we're going to have one on Friday, and I just kind of looked at you like we are. Yeah, well, I was, that was me trying to convince myself we're going to do this. <laughs> well, thank you, because we did it. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we our, our boo-boo addicts who are out there who need a hit of, you know, their booze. We love you. Thank you yeah. so much for your support and encouragement. You don't know how much it means to us. It's 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 a good feeling to it know is. that people want to listen to boring old us. <laughs> boring? Who should talk about boring? <laughs> Oh, any last minute announcement, Boo, before we get no, out of here? I'm good. You have me cracking up today. Oh, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be uh, finishing the rest of my air puffs. <laughs> Enjoy. You deserve. You deserve. And then I'll be like, did I even put anything in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I see them again, I'll have to get you two bags then. Oh no, please don't, because <laughs> that'll be eighteen hundred calories. <laughs> but I appreciate the intention, Boo. Yes, of course. Okay, boo. Well, this has been fun as always. And boo-boos, until next time, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.